Well, good morning, aloha. I bring greetings from C4 Church, where I'm the new family and kids director. Super excited to be partnering with you guys, um, loving and praying for especially the east side, but all of Hawaii. It's so great that we get to do this together. Of course, I have some family in this specific church here and definitely some old friends. So just want to say aloha and love from my family to yours as well. I'm looking forward to seeing some of you tonight, hopefully. Um, this morning, we're going to jump right in. I just want to give a bit of a warning that some of this content probably is considered maybe more like PG-13-ish, I'd say. Um, I'm not going to show anything or, or do any gruesome details, but we are going to be talking about some of the realities that our keiki, some of our teens, some of the young people in our lives, um, what they're going through. And I'm doing this on purpose so that as parents, um, we can really have some real talk. So if there's some young folk or some super young folk with you, um, you may or may not want them to be with you this morning, up to you. Um, but we are going to be talking about how we can build heart-to-heart -heart connections with our kids and our teenagers. And the truth is, as parents today, we have the enormous challenge of helping to navigate our kids through dangers that we could scar scarcely imagine just a decade ago. Cyberbullying, new kinds of gateway drugs, sending nudes, online sexual predators, dating apps, internet and video game addictions, hookup culture, harmful social media trends, and a 24-7 easily accessible stream of hardcore violent pornography that is entrapping our kids in shame, confusion, and perversion. The truth is that we are in a desperate situation. And what was already an avalanche of despair, the pandemic just made it worse. In fact, video game spending increased almost 30% in 2020. By the end of March 2020, just as the, the pandemic was really sinking in, Pornhub had already seen a 30% increase in traffic on their site. Other studies revealed pre-pandemic that 50% of teens felt that they were addicted to their mobile devices. It may not be a shock to many of you. One in seven teenagers reported texting nude images of themselves. One in four say that they had received one. That may be your child. Over 60% of high school and college students confess to viewing pornography at least once a week. Again, pre-COVID studies are revealing this. Here's a heartbreaking one. One out of every 10 visitors to online hardcore porn sites are in the 10 and under age group. Okay, so just take a second and wrap your head around that. We're living in a world where kids zero to 10, right? This age group or under 10 years old, 10% of the hardcore online activity around the world is in that age group. These are our kiddos, okay? I've got a 20-year-old, an 18-year-old, two 15s, a 12, and we've adopted a five and a three, okay? So I am, I got the spray at seven keiki, and I am with you in the trenches in this. I totally understand the struggles that you're dealing with too. I'm dealing with it as well. Um, and so two of my kids are in that age group. In fact, when you combine some of these studies together, um, it reveals that between uh, kids between the ages of eight and 11 years old, this is the average age of first exposure to pornography. Okay, and I'm seeing this. I put out a YouTube video for parents. What do you do if you catch your kids watching pornography? And kids, like 12-year-olds, 14-year-olds, 
they're commenting on this. I have no idea. I, I really don't understand why. And they're saying, I started at six. My brother showed me at seven. You know, my cousin showed me at eight years old and I'm 12 and I'm still full on addicted and caught in this stuff. Right? Again, this is the world that our Kiki are living in. And I'm just trying to help paint a picture why the stakes are so high um, and we need to be able to connect heart to heart and build connections with our kids so that we can disciple them and prepare them for this world. 50% of all new sexually transmitted infections every single year are contracted by young people in the age range of 15 to 24. So this small like nine year gap here or whatever accounts for 50% of all of the STIs we call them now. I know you and I called them STDs growing up, but they're infections. It means that you don't even know you have it and you're passing it. That's why this thing is ramped up. It's a different world that we're living in mom and dad. In a national survey of teens, aged 15 to 17 years old. Check this out. The number one concern of more than 80% of them was sexual health issues. These are teenagers almost crying out for help, like someone help me and sh share with us about what is happening when it comes to relationships and sexuality. But here's the kicker, especially for those of you who are uh, walking with the Lord. Hey, we're a Christian family. Um, this one sociologist put it this way. The more religious a family is, the less likely they are to talk about sex in the home. So we have this conflict, right? Because the standards are high. We're trying to go for holiness, which is awesome. And yet sometimes a religious kind of pharisaical, externally focused spirit can get into our lifestyle or our home. And it actually causes our kids not to open up, to hide things or cover their mistakes. And I want to share a little bit about how we can help uh, make sure that that doesn't happen. Another quote from a book, only 5% of people struggling with compulsive sexual behavior, right? So currently had a helpful conversation with their father about sex when they were younger. And only 8% had a helpful conversation with their mother about sex. Now, not everything we're talking about today is about sex, but I'm just trying to say, I mean, and the Bible speaks about these issues. You know, Paul's like flee from sexual immorality. It is a specific discipleship issue. Right? Paul said, hey, listen, when you connect yourself with a prostitute, when you connect with someone sexually, like you can sin all kinds of sin that are outside of your body and anger and theft. But when you sin sexually, you, sex you sin against your own flesh, your own body. It is a unique discipleship issue. And it is something that we need to be talking to our keiki about, right? And in church. And in fact, here we are. We're talking about it. But it just shows that it's a struggle for many people to have this conversation with their parents. One study revealed that high school and college students report the number one influence, buckle up mom and dad, the number one influence in their lives when it comes to sex and relationships is, hello, their parents, okay? They didn't say it was their friends, which also very important, obviously, the internet, the shows that they watch, it's all influential, but really mom and dad, you are the ones that the kids are, this is the kids saying it. This is not a study where people are, like the kids are saying, my parents, that who in, that those are the ones that influence me the most. Again, it's a cry out to us for us to step into boldly and confidently the position that God has given us, right? The role that we have to play. And listen, I don't care if you're divorced or single or a blended family or a grandparent that is watching your keiki or you're a guardian of some kind or you've adopted like us, whatever the situation is, God is anointing you and he has commissioned us to do this. All right, for me, uh, like I shared with you how many keiki I have, um, this was kind of an awakening for me, my, my oldest, maybe he was about 11 or 12, he was just stepping into this and I went to a, 
uh, a small little home group actually, there's like four or five of us, a friend was in town from the mainland and she speaks about these issues, sharing a lot of stats like I just did with you. Talking about the neuroscience behind sexual connection, introducing pornography, okay, this is maybe 10 or 12 years ago, I guess, now at this point. And um, she would go through all these books and she had some of the books left over after this homeschool conference that she had just done. She's like, here's my leftover books, here's my presentation. It's like four or five parents in the room and I'm just freaking out, right? I'm like, what is happening? I am not prepared for this. I already had five kids and I grabbed all the books that were left and ran home, right? And Holly, my wife, said, hey, how did, how did that presentation go? <laughs> I just like dumped the books on the bed and I just screamed and I'm like, Holly, I don't know what I'm doing. I have to talk to these kids about this stuff and I am not prepared and I don't want to do this. I'm, I'm Okinawan, help me, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like who, who did this, right? And uh, that began a journey for me of having to reprioritize my life. Now listen, um, I had to change what I did with my time, with the resources we had, with our finances, my work life. Like things had to shift so that I could step more boldly and confidently into the role that God has for us. Now, not everybody has to become an expert, and I'm not saying I am one, but I had to get certified. I had to get out and read. I was going to conference. I was doing like everything I could, buying books and books. Oh, my, my poor wife, like I just have all these books. And I just started to experiment with my kids and talk about these things and see what worked and what didn't in this journey of how do I help disciple them and build these heart connections. And I want to share a couple of things with you this morning on that. As a certified Building Families Connections instructor with the Medical Institute of Sexual Health, I've been helping to strengthen families for the last decade um, and most importantly, learning, growing, and testing out these principles in a daily grind with my own kids, okay? So the things that I'm sharing with you this morning, and for those of you who are coming tonight, I'm gonna go a little bit deeper, and we're gonna do some worksheets, and we're gonna process together. It's gonna be great, I hope you can join us. Invite your neighbors, invite your friends, it's gonna be very practical. But as a, uh, working with youth, as a pastor, we planted a home church. Like, these are the things that I've learned and, and you know, walked with a lot of folks through. And I've come to realize that the most effective discipleship with our kids begins in the home. Yes, youth pastors exist and cakey ministry and marriage retreats, but the main dynamic really should be taking place in our homes. I know we all know that, but we really need to learn how to do that, right? Well, here's what the Bible says. Train up a child in the way that they should go. Even when they are old, they will not depart from it, right? Proverbs 22, 6, you know this verse, but this training is not just like, we can't just give that to schools to do or just say, hey, the church is going to take care of this. Really, this idea is towards parents. This command really comes to us first. And this is something that we need to do. Proverbs continues back in chapter one, listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching, right? You see here this uh, inference that this is going to happen within the home. Now, one of the things that I like to talk to parents about, and again, I'm going to share with you one of the biggest things that I've learned in this. I can't get all into it this morning, but I'm going to share with you one of the biggest things I've learned when it comes to connecting with my kids. Um, but I want to just tell you that a lot of the instruction and the teaching, it doesn't have to originate with you. Okay, you can lean on experts. You can lean on books. We call it book time. Um, and for those that come tonight, I'm going to share with you how to do that. In Ephesians chapter 6, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, check this out, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes 
from the Lord. Now, this may be making some of you feel uncomfortable. I get it. You're like, I don't know how to do any of this. Well, this is the point that I'm trying to make this morning. You know, we put so much resource and effort into education and then running them from ballet to soccer. And all of that is great. Trust me, I'm the taxi. My wife taxis it out. We have seven of these keiki, right? Thank God two of them are out of the house and driving and doing their own life. But um, I understand that resource goes there. However, the reason why I'm sharing some of these high stakes, the reason why I'm trying to kind of awaken you or kind of punch you in the gut this morning with what it is that kids are dealing with today is because it is a wake-up call for us to say, what do we have to reorient in our lives? Right? I know you're busy, and parents are telling me that all the time, right? And still yet we find two hours to watch Netflix, okay? I'm just saying we have to go, okay, look, I get we have to have downtime, and I understand we have to unwind. But there is a dynamic. There is something that God is calling and will anoint you to do, right? If you will take the time to sit with your spouse or if you're single, whatever, work with a friend and say, I need help. I need to reorganize some things or I need to cut down some of this so that I can increase time with my keiki and invest in their souls. So what is holding us back? I want to talk about real quick how we can break some of the shame and the guilt off of us as parents because the truth is before we even start to do some of these things um, to to build these heart-to-heart connections and disciple our kids we have to acknowledge that some of the things that are holding us back some of the lies that the enemy uses in our minds is that we carry guilt and shame especially from the mistakes that we've made in the past right guilt and shame weighs us down and discourages us so that we cannot lead in our homes. All the devil wants to do with you, even right now, some of you are kind of fighting or like maybe you're feeling even, I mean, there's a difference between conviction. That's great. Feel it. And if God is speaking to you, get a journal and just start writing down stuff that you need to change or shift. Um, But it's really the shame part that the enemy tries to hit us with. Because if he can just stop you from stepping out in boldness, right, in confidence, um, then he's got us, right? Being transparent, here's a key. Being transparent about your faults is not weakness, it's actually strength. Now, the category that I'm talking about when I talk about being transparent about our mistakes, I'm really just sticking right now to the category of things that I've done in my past that I've overcome, right? Things that I am finding success in. God took me through a season and now I'm finding success, okay? Hear me clearly, mom and dad. I am not saying for you to share especially deep sexual or pornography kind of addiction or struggles with your keiki, doesn't matter how old they are. Don't share that. Get help, right? And later on after you overcome it, then you can share with them the keys and how God, but that will actually hurt them, okay? So don't do that. I'm talking about mistakes that you've made in the past. And I had um, a young man I was speaking with and he was a dad, is a dad, and um, but we were talking about um, a pornography addiction that he had back in college. He had some kids, and I think one of his sons was about 14 years old, maybe, or something at the time. And we're just talking story, and he's telling me about how he overcame this. And I'm like, this is great. Have you shared this story with your son or the older one? And he said, like, horrified. Like, he was like, no, I'm not going to share that with him. And I said, why not? This is like gold nuggets. God's faithfulness. Um, talking about being, you know, confessing sin to, to men in your life, keeping you accountable. God giving you keys to break through addiction and the power of the Holy Spirit. Like, this is awesome. And instead, he was describing how he had this mentality that 
if I share a weakness, I'm going to lose their respect, right? In his mind, it was as if his authority would decrease if he talked about his, the weaknesses or the mistakes of his past. And I was just trying to help him reverse that thinking. And I hope I can challenge you today. Um, if you've overcome that, obviously in an age-appropriate way, I want to challenge you, share that story. You know how the Bible, I think it's in Hebrews, talks about Jesus as a compassionate high priest, right? He was a, a human, just like you and I, in the sense that he was tempted in every single way, yet he was without sin, right? But he knows what it feels like to be tempted. Now, you and I as parents um, or guardians or whatever, like we're not perfect, okay? That's extremely obvious, okay, to our kids as well. But <clears throat> we can share some of these stories because I trust me, your 12-year-old or your 8-year-old or your 14-year-old, like they can put us on pedestals as parents sometimes, especially if we're trying to walk with the Lord or trying to teach them about godliness and whatever. And they can be like, you know, mom and dad, I bet you they never have any of those kinds of thoughts or never deal with anything. Why would I open up when I made this mistake or I looked at something I shouldn't have or I slept with my girlfriend or whatever? But if we can be transparent with them, right? Are you getting this? If we can share, man, I walked through that and here's what God did in my life. Not only can you encourage and inspire them, but they can also see, wow, mom and dad, they understand what I'm going through. And that can open up a heart-to-heart -heart connection. Do you see what I'm saying? Versus their idea that you're some kind of perfect creature, which, newsflash, right? None of us are. Now, when you're transparent about your weaknesses, it encourages your kids to be transparent about theirs. And I've seen this happen, and I've talked to my teens about this as we've been doing some of these activities um, over the years to build these heart-to-heart -heart connections. A lot, of, you know, a lot of them have told me, it's because, Dad, you have shared some of those stories um, or you have talked about, even as a parent, where you've made mistakes with us. That has helped us speak about our stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like that has helped them um, share. But you, Mom and Dad, you have to go first. And so I just want to encourage you, if you just want to take a second here, maybe there's a story or maybe there's something that's just coming to your mind and you're like, you know what? I can share that with my 12-year-old. Or, you know, when I stole that thing from the store when I was seven, you know what I'm saying? I could share that with my keiki and talk about what happened and the, circum you know, the, the uh, consequences of that so that they can learn. Um, or maybe you're a 17-year-old. Or maybe you have an adult child and you want to take them out for coffee or whatever. Share with them some of these things, I believe, and show them what God has done in your life. Your kids want you to lead the family, but they want to follow leaders that they respect. This will build respect. When you have an outburst of anger, taking responsibility for that and apologizing, that helps to build respect. Listen, your kids know that you're not perfect, okay? They're not looking for perfection. Um, I'm not perfect. My kids are not perfect, right? But they are looking for someone that they can follow, right? That's someone that they can respect. And that happens when we are honest about our mistakes. Listen, I yelled. Um, I'm sorry, I should not have spoken to your mother the way that I did, especially in front of you guys, but just no matter what, I shouldn't have done that. I was wrong. Can you forgive me? And that's very important because one of the keys to living free from guilt and shame as parents is to take responsibility for your role as a parent and apologize for not doing what you should have been doing. Some of my kids, <clears throat> I think one of them was 11, 
um, and this was before I started to put whole home filtering in our home, right? Just allowing disgusting stuff, pornography could just come into our house, right? You lock the door at night, right? Well, it's the same thing. And I think one of my kids was 11 and a friend came over and it was after home group, right? It was like, or home church or something. And he's like, hey, you gotta look at this picture. And he went online and showed my kid and my kid was all tweaked out. And somehow we found out about it. And like later I had to come back and apologize to all of my kids and says, I, I should have protected you. And I didn't do what I, I, I should have done and I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And I just wanna tell you that there's three keys here. The first thing is confessing what you've done. The second is to ask for forgiveness, right? And that's up to them. If they're ready to forgive you in that moment, you can't make them do that, but ask. And then lastly, what, what's also really powerful and I think helps build security in our keiki is when you say, I'm gonna to commit to doing better. Or you know what? This afternoon, I'm putting on a whole home filter in our home to block stuff that you should not be seeing on your phones or on your computers. And I'm, I'm so sorry, I'm gonna change. Or you know what, I'm getting some help with my anger. Do you, you hear what I'm saying? And this is really helpful for our young people and it just builds their hearts up, it builds security in their hearts. All right, a couple other things about building heart-to-heart -heart connections. This is something that um, I read from an author, and I apologize, I didn't write down who this is from, um, but I love this. They wrote this. There's a difference between crazy, scary, clueless, okay, that's what we don't want to be as parents, versus approachable, calm, and informed, all right? So I want you to look at this, this first piece, this crazy, scary, clueless thing. I mean, this comes into play, especially when we catch our kids, you know what I'm saying? Or like we find the joint of Pakalolo in their bag or we discover that they're addicted to porn or they confess that they were making out in the back of the car, or, you know, they slept with, whatever. When we respond in craziness, okay? And there's a crazy, scary scale. We're all somewhere on this scale, okay? <laughs> I'm on it too. But, you know, we can respond because we're so shocked, right? And sometimes we respond in a combination of anger and then it's like, give me that, you know, phone. You're never going to do it. We break the thing. We throw out the window. You know, you're never seeing that friend again, whatever. And when we, when we act crazy and scary, which oftentimes we do when we're scared, it causes our children's heart to close to us, right? It causes them to, to think to themselves, and I know this from experience, <laughs> for them to think to themselves, why would I ever open up to mom and dad if this is the way they're going to respond? especially when I've made these mistakes, right? And, you know, the, the crazy thing is, is that online predators, for example, I mean, like they target Christian kids. They're targeting private school, great kids from great families or whatever. These are not problems that are just happening out there. Oh, these kids, parents aren't around or whatever. They target these folks because if they can DM your 12-year-old on Instagram and get her, you know, hitting those emotional moments, whatever it is, and get them to send them this one nude image or whatever, then they can hold that over them and say, if you don't send another video or send something else, I'm going to sh show this to your family. Or I'm going to send this to your mother or whatever. And then the kids like fully like, like shut down because they have this, I'm from a Christian home and I should never have done that, right? Listen, I want to say this, mom and dad, we cannot afford to create a scary home. We can't afford with our kids to have craziness be what they think about when they think about how am I gonna confess I've made a mistake or I've done something like that. Mom and dad, the reason I shared what I shared at the beginning of this is because the stakes are just too high, right? I mean, 
one of the things that we struggle with as parents understanding the world that our kids are growing up in is because you and I didn't grow up in, in, in that world. It's just, it's almost impossible for you and I to understand that when we grew up, like we understand what healthy sexuality is and intimacy and emotional connection in relationships, right? Even growing up, I, I wasn't even a Christian growing up and I understood. So that when I saw like, I saw like two clips of a porn VHS pornography, like, like we just knew instantly, it was like a joke to us because we were like, that's not even real. And can you imagine today the difference? Like I saw two clips and a couple of rolled up Playboy mat, you know, like that was it. It was so hard to try to get something, you know? Um, and it was so, so small. And our children, eight years old, you see something that's so harmful and violent and disgusting and yet the women are pretending like they like it and then you just start to normalize this. This is what sex and relationships are between men and women. And that's normal for them. And mom and dad, we don't understand that because we were raised differently. Our parents did not have to have the same challenges that you and I have. So to create a space where we choose a parenting style that allows us to be calm, that allows us to, to not explode in anger is so vital because our kids need to know no matter what I've done, no matter how far deep I am, no matter how addicted I am, no matter what I've been hiding, no matter how many drugs, no matter what I've stolen, no matter what I've done with this person, no matter what I've shared on the internet, no matter what I've done, I know that I can come to mom and dad and they're going to be approachable, calm, and informed about what to do. And mom and dad, again, you don't have to be the expert. You can say, hey, listen, thank you for sharing that. Don't worry about, you know, we might have to do some things or to change some things or, or, you know, there's going to be some consequences maybe, but now is not the time for that. I'm just thankful that you're safe and we're going to figure this out together. I love you. You, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a different world and we, the stakes are too high. And so I just want you to think about this and just ask yourself this question. What is the one thing that you can do to be less crazy, scary, clueless with your family? And when I talk about being clueless, maybe you have to get involved and, and check out, you know, play video games with them. Just kind of enter into their world. Hey, let me look at your Spotify play playlist. Like, who is this artist? Let's listen to some music together. Yeah, but Dean, I'm so busy. I was, okay, you know what? You have to make time. You have to make it. And we have to get into the world of our keiki. Um, read some books. You know, tonight, if you come, I'm going to bring all the books that I have that I share with parents. We can't obviously do this like this, but um, I'll bring this table. I'm going to have some books. I want to talk to you guys about what books are right for your, kid, for your kids. Get informed, right? So that you're not clueless about what's happening. So just take a second and maybe just write down that. What is the one thing that maybe the Spirit of God is encouraging you to do? on the scale of crazy, scary, clueless, right? How do you just knock that thing up a notch closer to approachable, calm, and informed, okay? And then secondly, what is the number one thing that you can do to be more approachable, more calm, and informed? Okay, so a lot of these things that we're talking about will help open the approachable door. Being calm comes from the, again, like I mentioned, the parenting style that you choose. And there is a parenting style. Uh, obviously, we can't get into all of that. There's five main ones, but one of them is called consultant parenting. Um, I teach it as choice empowerment parenting. 
Um, and there's a book that I want to show some of you. It, it has this philosophy of how to do this, but consultant parents are able to be anger-free. They're able to be calm in the midst of some of the most crazy circumstances. And that's extraordinarily important that we invest in ourselves as parents, um, as consultant parents, and adopt that style so that we can be calm when it comes to some of this, okay? So maybe that's something that you can do. Um, the last thing is being informed, right? And that, that goes back to education. What can we do to invest um, in being ready with the questions about drugs and alcohol or books or resources or, or video courses that we can go through to educate our kids? Um, and we're going to talk uh, again tonight some more about how to do that. Um, also tonight, by the way, I have a free gift that I want to give to every one of you, but you have to come to get it. It's a $47 value. It's something that I've been asked to create for many, many years. I finally put it together, and it's some practical tools that you'll be able to use with your family um, immediately, okay? So I'm, it's not too late. Let your friends know, your neighbors know to come, um, and we're going to pray together tonight too. It's going to be awesome. Okay. So that is um, what I wanted to share with you. And I just wanted to uh, take a few minutes and just pray um, with you. I know I hit you hard. Um, hopefully at the end of it, you're encouraged and hopefully motivated and inspired to take action um, than you were 29 minutes ago. All right. So just get into receive mode. Father, I just want to release a blessing um, Father, on the moms, the dads, the single parents, the grandparents, these guardians, these aunties and uncles, those that are stepping up to the plank, God, even teachers, those that work, uh, youth pastors or others, God, that are working with Keiki, Lord, those that have young adults, those that have even uh, parents that have uh, adults that are even out of the home or in college, God, we never, we never stop being parents. God, those that want to be parents, Lord, I bless them, God, and I just release an anointing, Father, I just partner with you and say, Amen, God, release everything that we need, God. We need your spirit on us, Lord, to do this. Will you forgive us, Lord, where we have let our cakey down, Father, where we have not stepped up in boldness and confidence, where we've let the devil win in our lives and in our homes. And Lord, will you give us the practical tools, Holy Spirit, to train up our children with kingdom principles, God, and most of all, um, Lord, with a heart and a love for you. Jesus, God, we just thank you, um, and I just bless these parents and these watching today. In Jesus' name, I look forward to seeing you tonight. Aloha.